Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3. It makes its long-awaited return a bit like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to Manchester United just a couple of months ago. Now he's got the job on a permanent basis. It's a three-year deal and the chants are in full flow. Tell me how good does it feel We've got Sanchez, Popon, Marcus Rashford is you must be a happy camper knowing that uh, Ollie's got the job full time now. I mean, he's the best man for the job at this stage. But I wouldn't say he's the best man for the job, but I definitely say he deserves the job. I mean, in terms of results that he's gotten when he took it on, it's been fantastic. You know, United are still in the Champions League. Okay, Barcelona up next, but uh, you know he's improved their league position or their league points dramatically, and uh, everything is just sort of working. The players are happy, the the fans are starting to come back and watch United and enjoy watching football. I think that's the, that's the main point you make there is that. You know, the brand of football, the style of football Manchester United are playing, they're they're in a way throwing caution to the wind at times. Whereas Mourinho, for example, uh, be it that Mourinho is a great manager and, and uh, might have maybe ran out of a few ideas, lost the change room, the list goes on, uh, been a bit of a prat. Um, the fact of the matter is the style has changed. They're attacking, they're, they're scoring goals. They're players that have disappeared are now coming to the fore. Well, except Sanchez, he still seems to be lost. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, everything is sort of coming together again and people are enjoying playing for United and the, the mood has changed. And I'm, I'm happy, uh, you know, for a long time I sort of would, wouldn't really watch intently, even uh, if it was a big game, because you knew it was going to be boring and not really entertaining. Yeah, look, I think the, the interesting thing here is, is that he's breathed, he's breathed new life into the biggest club in the world, uh, Manchester United. I mean, when he took charge, United were sixth, 11 points off the top four. You know, they've lost only once in 13 league games since, and that was at Arsenal this month. They're now two points behind the London club, who occupy the final Champions League qualifying spot. I mean, let's hear now from Solskjaer on uh, getting the job permanently. And although he's come out and said that he wants the players to work even harder, I think um, he's landed his dream job. This has been my ultimate dream all the time, maybe a naive dream, but I've always had that dream in my mind to have, uh, to have this responsibility for this huge, fantastic family of a football club. And I'm so honoured and privileged to, um, to be given this fantastic responsibility to, uh, to lead us forward. It's about putting a smile on people's faces, uh, whether you do it by winning games, or you go and speak to them, or you have meetings. Uh, it's about creating an environment that everyone wants to be uh, part of. To lift the Premier League trophy again is what we 
expect, what we're used to, what we have done so many times. We can't wait uh, for too many, many years, but we have to take step by step. Okay, that was OGS uh, talking to the BBC at a press conference saying it's the dream job. He's dreamt of it. After 11 seasons as a player, he's now got the top job. Um, Up next for you guys, Watford at home. Do you think you're going to see a reaction or do you think we're going to just see this uh, new free-flowing Manchester United in action? Before we go to that, you know, I just love listening to Solskjaer. You know, he he, he speaks with so much sort of enthusiasm and you know, after the boring uh, Van Gaal and, and Mourinho, the miserable Mourinho, it's so much nicer to hear someone enthusiastic about the job. That's so true. That's true. He, he did sound incredibly enthusiastic. Like He's like a kid in a candy shop. You know, he's got this great gig. You know, what's the saying? You find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's it. Absolutely. And I think, I think it's just wonderful for him being an ex-player. And sometimes... It's important to take a chance. I mean, United took a chance with him, and uh, they they sort of uh, reaping the benefit. But yeah, Watford. I suppose it's going to be a tricky game. Watford are in rich form, but I think they've put their eggs in the basket of FA Cup success, and I think they might be on the end of a hiding this weekend. United did lose against Arsenal, and it's been a while since they've played a league match. So I think that the players will be up for it. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Um, let's turn our attention away from Manchester United for a second. Um, hard to do that, but okay. It is hard to do that. Solskjaer dominating the headlines. Remember to, to get in touch with us on social media at Football 2 Plus 3. Um, we'd love to hear from you on uh, OGS, your thoughts on games, that sort of thing. Get in touch um, and uh, give us a follow. Uh, also, remember we're on SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, um, and uh, my page on Facebook, CS2PC and CS2PC.co.za. Um, th- can we can we just give uh, a round of applause very quickly, Mo, uh, to Tottenham Hotspur? For what? Finally getting into this new stadium. Yeah, the billion the billion pound stadium is finally ready. I mean, it's been ridiculous how long it's taken. Yeah, but have you seen those machines that fill up your pint? Yeah, look, I mean, it's a cashless stadium. There's 65 different points where you can get a pint and a pie and 65,000 people. It's a pretty nice looking stadium. It must be said. Well, considering what the old stadium looked like, and if you've ever been to the old White Hart Lane, you'd know what a dump it was. (laughs) But uh, look, yeah, you can give them a round of applause for finally moving into their stadium seven months late. But, you know, if you look at their recent form in the league, they've been shocking. No, it's been dismal. They couldn't win. They haven't won in the last four matches. I I don't don't know what's going on there, man. This is the worst time for them to be going up against Liverpool, who are current league leaders. Yeah, that's Uh, Sunday. That's Sunday, hey? What's that? Yeah, that's 6.30? And the thing thing is, when was the last game that Spurs played would have been on the 9th of March? Yeah. So it's been almost a month without any uh, real competitive football for them. And I wonder well, what, what, what impact that's going to have. Well, look, Harry Kane got an MBE or an OBE or something, so maybe he might want to show off. Yeah, I hope so. I hope Harry Kane finds some form because Tottenham have been way off the pace. Seven points adrift. No, I beg your pardon. 13 points adrift now of City in second. Um, Arsenal and Manchester United, as well as Chelsea, breathing down their necks. The question is, has Pochettino lost the plot? 
I think his head is turned. Eh? But look, the Real Madrid job is gone. The United job is gone. So he seems he's got to now, you know, get down and get Spurs winning because the jobs that he was potentially linked with are now no longer available. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to need to get a result because, I mean, uh, the worst thing for them would be for Arsenal to climb above them. Yeah, that would just be the ultimate insult, wouldn't it? Uh, well, it, it usually ends that way. It's just the last few seasons it hasn't. But, you know, on the topic of their new stadium, I wonder how it's going to impact them in the transfer market because obviously now the budget's going to be even tighter for them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I look at that squad. It's a pretty tidy squad. You know, yeah, I just... Like a small squad. Yeah, but I'm saying the quality is there. They, they could probably do with a few more, few more, um, you know, uh, players. But at mm-hmm. this stage, you know, I, I just feel that... I think what... they're going to turn into a potential uh, Arsenal. Eh? They're going to go down that same route of year in, year out, trophyless, finishing fourth, fifth in that sort of place. Yes. Because Spurs fans in... are going to hate you for saying that. You know that. No, well, it's all, they're following the same path. Arsenal went moved into a new stadium, and then the transfer budget was shrunk. You know, salary caps, all of that, and it, it has impact. I mean, to go from winning the title and doing the double and being the invincibles for one season, and then every year after that you finish fourth. You know, that that's that's not progression. No, it isn't. It isn't. I I, I just feel Spurs have got quality. Uh, they probably need a bit more depth. But what's probably going to happen is they're going to just try and uh, invest in more young players that are coming through the academy and that. And I think that seems to be a trend in the Premier League in general. Look at Newcastle United, for example. Um, maybe not the best example, but they have been forced to pull guys through the academy. And I think it's probably not a bad thing for, for the English game, is for no, these youngsters it, coming through. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but would a player like maybe Ericsson or Kane want to hang around for three, four, five years when these young players sort of, you know, hit their peak or potential to be able to win a trophy? You know, someone like Harry Kane would want to say, well, I, I want to win something now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he doesn't want to stick around to wait for the the 16 or, or the 17 or 18-year-olds to, to develop. No, you right. A league right. title now. I mean, his career is, is not going to be forever. No. And there'll come a point where Harry Kane goes, uh, all right, I've done what I can for Spurs. Now let me go to Real Madrid or Juventus or Barcelona or wherever, Paris Saint-Germain. But I, I don't. I think Harry Kane's probably got another two seasons at Spurs. And if they can't get something in those two seasons, because they've just blown this one badly towards the end. Yeah, they have. But look, like we said, I'm sure Pochettino's head was turned. And now he's just got to try and get things done because... It's now or never. You, know, you, you never know. I mean, City, you never know. But City and Liverpool don't look like they're going to drop much points between the two. Yeah. And I, I honestly feel we're going to go to the last day of the season with the title not yet wrapped up. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, it's basically two points that separate Liverpool and City. Liverpool on top playing 31 games. City have a game in hand. City actually have 15 games left in total, potentially, in their season. And that means that's quadruple territory. You know what I'm saying? So, must you remind me? I'm just saying. I'm just saying the fact that they are still in the mix in four competitions is incredible. It's incredible. Swansea Swansea had it in their hands. (laughs) You know, 
2-0 up. Well, City robbed it in that game. Aguero was offside. But, uh, you know what? You've got to get your luck. And if they go on to do the quadruple, yeah. they would deserve it because, you know, they, they're just a fantastic team. Yeah, I yeah. think they will get beaten at some point. No, they will. They will. But, uh, as I say, City fans are dreaming of all four trophies coming to the, the Etihad. Um all right, so I mean, in terms of Liverpool, Spurs, that, that's probably our feature match of the weekend. Liverpool uh, need to keep winning games because there's a lot of teams playing two games in a short space of time, and that could well determine a lot of things and go a long way to, to decide how teams do. You know, you could potentially have, for example, the relegation teams. I mean, there's huge matches for Huddersfield, Fulham, and Cardiff this weekend, the bottom three. And then at the top, also, you know, you've got must wins for Liverpool and City if they want to keep putting pressure at the top there. Yeah, look, they've got to get a good result against Spurs because Man City are going to play the weekend and then they play their game in hand next week. Yeah. Uh, I think it's on Wednesday against Cardiff at home. Those so are two two games City will look as those are six points. Those have to be six points. Fulham at, yeah. away and they've got to take three from Cardiff. Uh, definitely. And it, it would really... That, that would then put them back on top and, and then it's going to be up to them to, to hold that position. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's quickly touch on uh, a story that's, that's quite interesting. And it's something we spoke about a long time ago. Um, about Mia Khalifa. <laughs> well, that, that's for um, later on when we'll discuss the more merits of her supporting West Ham. But uh, Emiliano Sala. Um, obviously, the the poor guy that uh, never made it to Cardiff, and uh, you know we can only speculate as to what he would have done for Cardiff had he actually made that um, that ill-fated flight. Um, but Cardiff are now saying the transfer deal is not legally binding uh, because not the French club he was signed from want fifteen million pounds. They they um, are, are holding the Bluebirds to this, and now Cardiff looks like this one's going to be uh, headed to FIFA. Um, 3rd of April to try and sort out this whole thing. I mean, it's a really sad story, but Cardiff have a point, Nantes have a point. The only way this can be sort of sorted out is if they pay some compensation and meet halfway. Yeah, I think they, they, they've all got to sit down. I don't know why it's gone to FIFA. I mean, they should just sit down between them and say, listen, this is the thing. Let's let's work it out. Yes, we signed your player. They should be, Cardiff should pay for it or even say we'll compensate for this. Why, why does it have to turn ugly? I mean, uh, it's, sad, it's a sad situation as it is. It's not something that's nice, but I, I just feel that there's, they should sit down and, uh, and discuss it. It's not yeah, sort of something that should be blown out of proportion. But, you know, on talking about Cardiff, you know, they've got a game in hand on Burnley, and they're only two points behind them. And if they could win that, you know, they could potentially be out of the relegation zone. could be very interesting. I mean... One club that I was convinced would uh, definitely be sucked in and, and fighting in the bottom three is Southampton, and they've just done a complete U-turn. And I think it's got something to do with um, Hasenhüttl banning Wi-Fi and addictive games. Now, all of the Southampton players aren't allowed Wi-Fi at the training ground, um, and they have to basically focus on football. Well, look, I think it's fair because looking at their current league position, they should be focusing on football and not on Fortnite um, <laughs> or whatever they're playing, maybe Pub football G. manager <laughs> or even football manager or whatever. Yeah, I think it's fair. But uh, yeah, look, they have turned it around. They're sort of climbing up. But every week it changes. Eh? Every week there is league matches. It's mad. Somebody else gets sucked in and I love it that this season. Nothing is cast in stone. I think the only real 
for me, the two that are definitely down and out would be Huddersfield and Fulham. I think it's just, there's what, Fulham's got seven games to go. Yeah, seven games, 17 they, points, they're 19th. Huddersfield, seven games, 14 points, 20th. I think those two are too far away from um, for getting out of the bottom. It's it's sad, especially Fulham. I mean, they came up with a lot of promise. They've signed a lot of players, and I think that was their mistake. If they went to go and buy too many players that they didn't need, they could have kept a core squad. Yeah, and and that would have perhaps kept them up. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of ifs and buts and wins and maybes, but at the end of the day. You've got to get points throughout the season. You've got to be consistent. Otherwise, you are going to be relegated. Let's quickly turn our attention um, to our fantasy manager because a lot of double double headers. So you've got to be picking players this week um, who have those double games. So City have a double game. Uh, you've got to think about that. Tottenham, double game. Liverpool, single game. Arsenal, single game. You've got to be thinking there, Mo. I mean, you've got to be picking Raheem Sterling, or Aguero somewhere in the mix. Yeah, and especially after the the last game week that went by, uh, I think people are gonna are, are enjoying this this double game week because the last one people scored like in single digit points because of the num the number of fixtures. I think there was like five games only. Yeah. With none of the real big clubs like City in action. So yeah, you've got to look at the the United United playing two games, Spurs are playing two games, uh, Wolves got two games. Uh, city, like you mentioned, and uh, you know you've got to try and maximize the amount of points you want from those games. I know you mentioned a little while ago a guy called Doherty who plays for Wolves as a, as a good defensive option, but I think you can't look past Jimenez up front. Uh, oh, good, good, good money, good money, uh, double header. You've got to look at him, especially if he's splashing out on Sterling. Yeah, definitely, and he, he seems to be on form. I mean, he's the third most transferred. Uh, player in this for this week yeah uh, just behind Aguero and Sterling yeah uh, so it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting so be clever considering who Wolves are playing this uh, this weekend Burnley they yeah. got Burnley so he should be looking at getting some sort of uh, you know decent return and on the form he's on I wouldn't put it past him and yeah. then the next week is United at home so I, I think that he, he did do well against them in the FA Cup so, who knows? I think he'd be an ideal guy to go for. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, we'll have our awards, of course, at the end of the season where we pick our various awards. So, you're welcome to nominate players, teams for our different awards list that we, as we get closer to the end. But Wolves, so far, the front runners for most improved. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> funny, funny enough, uh, I'm looking at the uh, Premier League fantasy side. Who do you think is the most transferred out player this week? Um, Harry Kane. Not at all. Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, look, he's blanked in a couple of weeks and a lot of people have gone with Sadio Mane rather because yeah. he's on form. He's on fire. He is a crack. And even for Senegal. I mean, he's... Yeah, he came he's on just, and, yeah. like, and, so, and, and created an assist within like a couple of minutes. Can I make a bold prediction and say if Liverpool want to win this Premier League, Salah needs to start scoring goals. That would be bold of you, but it's the truth. The guy, uh, he's a fantastic player, but he has hit blanks, and it almost looks like he's trying too hard. Whereas Mane just is free flowing, rocks up, bang, in she goes. You know what I'm saying? It, it just looks like Salah's maybe trying a little hard. I think it also could be that 
other clubs have sort of figured him out on how what's his, his style and how, how, how to, to sort of nullify the threat of his. Yeah, you yeah. Know. And also, uh, he's got a... I mean, it's rich coming from me. I've never played at that league, but I'm a f- football fan. I'm an entitled to my opinion. But he also needs to find a way to start banging in goals with his right foot, man. He tries to favor that left foot every time. And defenders work you out. The good, well, the good defenders, they can work you out. Okay, every time he gets it, he's going to switch to the other foot. So I, I know how to play you. Yeah. Well, look. We'll wait and see what happens with Mo Salah. Liverpool and Spurs is the big one um, this weekend to look out for. Quick prediction there, Mo, as we uh, look to wrap this one up. I think I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. Ooh, I really hope so. It'll be fantastic to see that, won't it? It will really be fantastic to see that. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, Football 2 Plus 3, we, we're sorry it's taken so long to get back, but there's been international breaks, there's been holidays, there's been people moving houses, uh, I won't mention names. So it's People been a little be bit holiday. Uh, holiday uh, been a bit disruptive, but we're back now until the end of the season. So um, we'll be keeping a close eye on the title race as well as the relegation battle. Mo, your parting words? As always, be champions. And then the next bit is to end off with uh, the song that has been really a hit in the northeast of England yes. since the start of the season, and has really um, uh, reflected in how well Solomon Rondon has done. Let's just hope Mike Ashley uh, isn't a prat. He relaxes his transfer policy, a policy of uh, only under 26-year-olds, and we sign Rondon next season. Hope you've enjoyed it. Remember to catch us on Facebook, CS2PC, uh, the website, CS2PC.co.za, SoundCloud. It's also um, available on iTunes on the Ginger's Perspective. Don't forget iTunes. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening, and enjoy the football. Damn, it's good that the Premier League is back. South of the equator, Venezuela, a young lad was born, a young lad was born. And now he's back in the Premier League, Newcastle fans are all intrigued, and he's still used to it. We've had no cash, we're barely surprised, not the first time that Mike Ashley's lied. So he searched and he searched for a deal that would work And improve our Newcastle side So Rafa brought in Rondon Did a deal with West Brom Get yourself a goal, son Rafa's brought in Rondon Done a deal with West Brom Get yourself a goal, son